Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Potential. That's BetterHelp.com Potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow coyote, Taylor Sokol. Today, we're reviewing the epic Western crime drama film, Killers of the Flower Moon. This is from a screenplay by, by Eric Roth and Martin Scorsese, of course, with direction by Martin Scorsese. This is based on the book, the nonfiction book of the same name by David Gran. So this is a film that we know has been coming out for quite some time. Um, it's been a film that Scorsese has been wanting to do for many, many years. Uh, and we were very intrigued to check it out. Of course, with the unique fashion that was going to have two of Scorsese's biggest muses in the same film, uh, DiCaprio and De Niro in this um, working together, which is going to be exciting. Uh, and with some really heavy subject matter. Uh, so was very excited to check out this film, uh, even with a really, really long runtime, which we'll get to of about three hours and 26 minutes or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. So, Taylor, what's a brief synopsis of Killers of the Flower Moon? So this is based off of the 2017 nonfiction book of the same name by David Graham, um, which is, you know, based on uh, and historical facts. Um, this is set in 1920s Oklahoma, focusing on a series of murders of the Osage members uh, and the relations of the Osage Nation after oil was discovered on their tribal land. Um, the tribal members had retained mineral rights to the reservation, and white settlers sought to gain their wealth through nefarious and brutal and horrific means. And so, yeah, we follow um, kind of DiCaprio's character and um, our fantastic actress Lily Gladstone's character. We kind of follow their two characters, but DiCaprio really kind of is the main lead that we do focus on uh, throughout this whole entire series. Now, not having read the book, I think this is going to be a very interesting film for a lot of people because those, I think this is one of those things. It's not about, did you read the book? It's better. 
it's more like how did the book compare and what is depicted because something like this you know through our lens it's going to be very different but there has been so many atrocities of indigenous and native people in america for for countless years uh in the past in our history so anything they can do to bring light to these atrocities to help people realize hey we just have to really understand this and to to know like what these people and all these different tribes had gone through and um, i never heard of the osage people so i thought for me this is really great to learn about this this type of history. So, um, yeah, right off the bat, out when we were <laughs> when I heard about this film, I was like to hear the runtime. I was like, my goodness! But we both knew that we had to see this film in theaters, especially being a Scorsese film. I don't think I've had seen a Scorsese film in theaters. I've always been a huge fan of his work, um, just like Tarantino, where I had to see a Tarantino film. I was like, this is the one I, I need to see in theaters, and I feel like especially with a big audience to see it on that screen. I wanted to see the the power and, and, and what this film was going to bring about. Yeah. I, I think God uh, might, might be shutter Island might be the last one I saw in theaters. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely, we saw the Irishman at home during the pandemic. So I, I'm not sure if there's something else. Some, Oh, maybe no wall for wall street. Uh, it was probably, yeah, that was after I think it was 2013. Um, but anyway, even with the long runtime, yes, I agree with you. I was like, I got to see this in theaters. I want to check it out. Um, you know, this is an Apple uh, movie as well. So I'm sure it'll come to Apple TV uh, streaming at some point when it gets to its streaming uh, time. But what's interesting about this story is you could watch this story and go, this is almost like a similar story we've seen before of like Avatar, of Pocahontas, of Ferngoli, of a character that is told to go and basically join a certain group of people with alternate, you know, alternative motives and then happens to kind of fall in love with the person they're with. um, And then is starting to have a doubt of character of why they're actually doing what they're doing. But this doesn't really have the satisfaction of like a, Oh, the hero then like decides to truly go against the person that originally told them what to do. And that's what's I think what's so hard about this movie after only one watch for me was it's very unsatisfying. I think this is a good movie, but you're not going to enjoy it. No. And that really comes down to heavy subject matter. It is like and maybe you're not meant to. I think for some you reason have to sit with that uncomfortability. Yeah, I think I think it's yeah, I think the whole point is that, you know, it was already a bold choice for Scorsese to have it from the point of view of the white guys. Yes. The book, from my understanding, is from the point of view of Lily. Um, sorry, Lily. Yeah, Lily Gladstone's character, yes. Molly. And so, even though, yes, she has a lot to do in this film, and she's fantastic in this, you are following the white man in this story, which is about white people doing bad things to the Osage to get money and to claim their oil land and everything. I think that was what was an interesting choice to do it from that point of view, because it, even like like the showing that I went to, Martin Scorsese had like a little mini intro, like "Thank you for coming to the theater to watch this film." Yeah. This is a film I've been wanting to make for many, many years, and he seems like someone that you know he's really diligent with like you know historical fact and like trying to you know get things you know all accurate. Mm-hmm. And I think some of it is maybe, yeah, it's, it's maybe meant to shock you a little bit 
of, you know, like Robert De Niro's character is this sweet, nice man that all the Osage are like, oh yeah, he's like, it's like this uncle like figure. He's King Hale. He's like this uncle to everybody, you know, and, and he's Leo's character, Ernest. He's his real uncle. And he basically is like, you know, he's come back from the war and, and you know, Leo, I've always said that Leonardo DiCaprio is a guy that he's the same person in every movie. He just has different character traits. <laughs> like some people he's singing to a role. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, Leo is a fantastic actor, but I know it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Like I can see his face. I know who it is. And you know, there was reviews in the trailers that were like the best performance of Leo's career. He's great in this film. It's not his best performance by any means, but he has this kind of Southern drawl character. He's kind of, you know, he's not the smartest, you know, guy. So it's very easy for him to be a little naive, you know, yeah. put in a situation naive that he would like kind of go along with it, with this uncle's wishes. And so you had to see this kind of film where it's like, you see this smart kind of evil tactic of Daenerys character being like, if I can get my nephew to, you know, as with other people of his family, marry some of these daughters of these Osage tribe members who have enormous wealth. And then if things are to happen to these people that then by law, the rights, by marriage, would go to the them. land would go yeah. to them. We could keep wealth in this family for, you know, ages. And it, it is messed up. I mean, there's definitely some brutal murders in this. I think for Scorsese, I was expecting more. Actually, for oh, especially for um, I mean, you think of like Goodfellas and whatnot. I was really expecting there was going to be just when when you hear about the subject matter, I was expecting a lot more brutality. So I feel like maybe he was trying to hold yeah, back a little bit as respect, but it was it it didn't. And I, I get it. There's a fine line between like too much. And they talk about that, like the torture porn or things like that. And then there's kind of like not showing at all. Yes. But I feel like he could have leaned a little bit more. But I will say there, I definitely felt the brutality with it. But I, I could have felt a little bit more if there was a little bit more shown, obviously in a tasteful way. Yeah, I mean, I will say that like most of the deaths that happen in this movie are by gunshot. Yeah. And it just kind of got redundant to me after a while. I was like, okay, I get it. It's just gunshot after gunshot. Not that I expected it to be like, you know, oh, this one's going to be hatched up by an axe. Yeah. And this one's going to be, you know, but I, I kind of was expecting more in that thing, especially because it is a long runtime. But, but what's interesting too is like the way they marketed the film, there's this whole like aspect where Leo reads a book at one point. And this is not a spoiler. And it's like, you could tell he's a little slow at reading. It's like, can you find the coyotes? Uh, can you find the wolves in this picture? And the whole idea of like, you know, a, a wolves in sheep clothing. That is very much what De Niro's character is. He's clearly among the people. Everyone thinks he's the saint, but clearly he's not. But there's this great image in the trailer where it's a room of like 20 white people. And they all like turn slowly and look at the camera. And on the, uh, in the trailer, it was like, can you find the wolves in this picture? That scene takes place in like the last 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Brendan Fraser is in this movie for four minutes. I know. And you see him in the trailer. Like I'm like, four oh, minutes of screen oh, sweet. Brendan Frazier. We got a we good bit of him. And he's like, he, he's like advertised as like one of the main characters of this film. Like I've seen people in reviews put like Leo's fantastic. De Niro's fantastic. Frazier's fantastic. I'm like, 
Frazier's in the movie for four yeah. minutes. And that's what's so weird to me is like, were there were there times where he really wanted to settle in on certain characters, but then some scenes got like short changed in my mind, which is weird for a three and a half hour yeah. movie. You know, like there's there's some great actors in this, and I think also the historical accuracy, just like the town, the 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 clothing, you know, all the set production. I mean, like all that is very accurate to me. I love the music yeah. in this. Um, the music by Robbie Robertson it has this like guitar southern twang yeah. kind of heartbeat to it. A little bit of influence too with like you think of Native American music throughout. So like there is a pace to the music and it does kind of keep you going. But like I, I think what's so weird to me is I kind of finished the film and I was like, I didn't like that. Yeah. Like, well, I, it was here, good, but maybe my anticipation was well, too high. And here's the thing. And then now I've heard other reviews and, but I wonder, we always formulate our own opinion. I will agree though. When I sat through it, it did not feel long. And I made sure I had an empty bladder going in. There was parts where I was like, okay, it's, it's pretty steady overall. They're, they're using the time. But again, this is the age old debate that you and I have had that I do agree. And now the square says, he's like, oh, I can, ah, I can do it all digital. Just because you can make this long movie, do you have to? And I feel like this movie is, again, one of those age-old things. This should have handled in a, a se- limited series where they could have really done yes. more with it. And then instead of having, and I think they're kind of doing something with the times. Um, again, not really a spoiler. I mean, you can, this is based off a book that's been out for many years. And again, this is you know part of history. Yes. But I will say they do this kind of thing at the end where they kind of wrap up a lot of storylines through like a radio drama. And that kind of took away from the the power of the film, I thought. And I almost wish they had like images of these people and like had, I almost like when they have the text, like this is what happened to this person and whatnot, because I just feel like, oh, now I got to talk about the Osage people. It was like. It really- oh yeah, it was, that was a very bold choice to yeah. me. Um, even like Martin Scorsese, he has like two lines in the film earlier. Like you can definitely hear his voice. Yeah. It's like, hey, come over here for a picture. You're like, that was Marty. <laughs> but he actually has the last bit of dialogue in this whole film in this radio play. Um, which yeah, it was just very interesting choice. And again, I like that he's like trying to represent the time era, but I felt like this movie easily could have cut an hour fifteen. Yeah. I think there was a better film of this where he would have really more like settled on like the intensity of what, you know, Leo and De Niro and the rest of the family were doing to this tribe. And it's just a long movie. Like I feel like when I saw Oppenheimer the first time, I started to feel a little bit in the last hour because three hours is still a long Mm runtime, but I thoroughly like was like, everything was like deserved in that film. This I was starting to get bored in the last yeah. hour. And I think that's the thing too, is it's just, again, it's, it's the pacing gets a little like, Oh my God, the things that are happening, some of the surprises, especially with our main cast. And then there's like, not really the satisfying ending yeah. um, to me. And that is just where it's like, again, I think we both agree that maybe is the point is it's, this is not a story where like the, the Osage win in the end, technically. Um, and that's just history for you. Like history continues. As you said, there's been atrocities and, and all kinds of things to 
multiple indigenous mm-hmm. people yeah. still to this day sometimes. So it's like, it's definitely, it's one of those things where it falls in a category where I agree with you the whole like digital aspect, like because this is also an Apple film. Yeah. Is it just the desire? Like I can make whatever film I want because they're going to let me do what I want to do. And would less, less is more been a benefit and, 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 because I, yeah. we felt this also with the Irishman. Irishman we felt was long and as I, well. And, and that was on streaming. Full, like we only watched. Thankfully, it, it was on streaming because then I'm like, okay, I can pause it and go to the bathroom. And then that at times yeah. kind of like, again, these filmmakers are so dead set. Like I gotta make a film. I gotta make it. I don't know why every director's gonna be Scorsese, but everyone's got to make a film. But like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be this long. We've realized the power of streaming services of doing limited series. Even like with, I know this is not in the same realm, but with John Wick, the Continental, you did a three part thing with they're both hour and a half okay that's cool like three mini movies um but i do yeah. think though not having read the book and i actually would like to go back and read the book because i think to get from that perspective i think that would have made the film better had it been from the perspective of mm-hmm. molly lily gladstone's um character. molly yeah i just think mm-hmm. that she is an amazing actress i thought she did a really great job carrying that that emotional weight and representing her people and i i will hats off to scorsese having authentic actors you know portray these uh indigenous people the osage nation but i think yes. it would have helped doing it from that because now in the times we're at i think these and it's a shame because these movies representing like you know think about representation like crazy rich asians and all these films we couldn't do these years ago because they wouldn't sell you didn't need to Di- caprio mm-hmm. and de niro to sell this film they could have been more in the background and they still would have been okay with that. You got Scorsese as the director, that'll sell the film. You don't need to have like, especially DiCaprio is a huge part of the poster, you know? And it's like, and it's a shame because it might've been more impactful had we had representation. I think Scorsese needs to realize that we're in a different era that we need to show, you know, if it's going to be atrocities, people, we need to represent them properly. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like, there's also been some like reviews that DiCaprio himself might have been too old for this role because the whole idea is it's supposed to be this young buck that comes in, you know, there's admiration by our by Molly and this romance that happens, this, you know, and it's over spans of years having kids and, and then all this tragedy happening. And then maybe you slowly start to realize that the person that you thought was, you know, the most trustworthy really was the one that was helping do all the bad stuff in yeah. the first place. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of those films. It's going to be interesting to see how it does. I still feel this is going to get attention when it comes to award season. Um, you know, I think I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, nominations happen for acting, for directing production, all that kind of stuff. I just don't think, you know, this, this was one of those films very much like, we you know, we have Napoleon coming up that like, immediately was like oh i think this is going to be a front runner for like best picture and after seeing it i'm like it's not going to win best picture i think it'll be nominated but to me oppenheimer is still the better film of the year so for all that you know i still think it's a good film it's just not maybe the film i was expecting and i would change a lot to kind of get it to more like a perfect cut but uh for good acting good music good production and everything i'm gonna give killers of the flower moon it's gonna be like a Eight, I'll give it eight out of ten. All right. I'll give it eight. Out of 10. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna knock it down just to a point five. I'm gonna go seven point five out of ten because again, runtime. Did they yeah. use the runtime well? And I feel like 
having it from a different perspective, it might have been, I think, more impactful, but might have been yeah. better. Yeah. But uh, you all can just uh, you all can decide yourself and check out uh, Flowers of the Killer Moon that is now in theaters. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast or on Twitter at the Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.